Or like this one happens to me all the time in my, you know, long games. They'll go, so I see that you're whatever. How are things going? Okay, we're mediocre start here. How are things going? And then I'll be like, great, things are great. And they'll say, great. How much money did you make in your business this year? And what are your goals for the future? (laughs) Damn, buy me dinner first, please. My God. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guests, that's right, guests plural today, are the incomparable Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman. Now, they have many, many accolades each to their name, but when combined, Crystal and Amy are the co-founders of So True Digital. At So True, they work closely with their clients to create a comprehensive go-to-market plan that takes into account their clients' unique value proposition, target audience, and competitive landscape. They help their clients identify the right channels to reach their audience, craft compelling messaging, and build a stronger brand identity. They also co-host one of my absolute favorite podcasts in this space, the unapologetically fabulous Past the Bullshit, where they tear down the not so great parts of running an online business, especially one without ethics. It's a delight to have them both in the studio with me. So let's just jump right in. Y'all, it's a TLTQ first. That's right, a twofer. That's right, it's a threesome today. Or whatever number. Y'all, full disclosure, I'm coming off of some COVID. So your your trusty host here is spinning out just a tad, but I'm still super excited for the first TLTQ twofer where I get to ask Crystal and Amy, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? I think that they need to focus on having conversations online. Let's let go of content creation and figure out how to talk to people in the online world. Ooh. And in those conversations, can you just be yourself? Quit trying to be some persona and some bullshit like that. Just be you. And if you can be you, you'll attract people who you want to work with. Quit worrying about the, all the audience and you got to figure out your avatar. Just figure out yourself. That's what you need to focus on this week. Figure out who the hell you are. Look at that. We are one minute and 11 seconds in, including my preamble bumbling. And look at this. We're already on. Screw your avatar. Know thyself. Okay. Like that is amazing. And, and as a former content marketer who still very much believes in content marketing, can I say hallelujah, preach and please say it again louder for the people in the back? Because... I, one of the things that I've seen in the kind of copy and paste culture of online business is that we're putting so much pressure on authenticity and then we're turning around and saying, you need to be authentic, but follow this formula to the letter. Yes. And one of the main places we see that is in content marketing where I'm like, oh, 
I can tell what swipe file went out this week in the B school emails because I got those from everybody. (laughs) Right. The exact strategy has got to go. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, so I love this idea of if you put yourself out there as you, Something that I've seen the two of you do, like in the pre-chat, I was like, hey, Crystal, how was being upside down in your post the other day? Like, we pay (laughs) attention because it feels like actual social media. It feels like there's a person on the other side of this thing and not just a brand. And and it's tough when you're living your personal brand, especially if you're a one-person shop or a two-person shop, to not kind of fall into that housing. But how do we how do we just take the opportunity to showcase ourselves as ourselves and is showcase even the right word like what should we be doing online honestly the the big issue that we have is all this exact strategy stuff but even more so is this idea of these content pillars. I think that out there in the world, we're like all creating these pillars, which are holding up our house. And we're like staking our entire business on them. And the question that we ask our clients at So True has nothing to do with pillars. It has to do with anchors. What are the conversations that you want to have? Where are you going to put your anchor today so that you can go fishing, right? And that's how you bring out the authenticity. Nobody ever goes into a conversation with someone and goes, let me think about my content pillars today. They're like, no, let me think about the conversation I'd like to have with someone, right? So that's how we pull it out. <laughs> yeah. And I love I love the way that you said, like, this is where I want to put my anchor today. Mm-hmm. Because, wow, we're going into an extended fishing metaphor, but (laughs) schools of fish travel and so can you, right? Another thing that I feel like we got so mired in is like, I am currently known for this thing. And therefore, if I can't use that hashtag, I will not talk. And it's like, okay, (laughs) but every now and then you got to move your boat. Yes. Yes. That is, yes. I can't say yes enough to this. And it's been something that Amy and I have felt for a while. And we were really struggling with like, how do we say this in a different way and and really encourage people that you don't have to be stuck? Like, I feel like people just create these pillars, you know, five years ago in their business and they've changed and their business has changed and they're not happy. And they're so scared to just pivot a little bit, just move the boat. You've got to fish somewhere else. Like you've worn that out and you have grown like good Lord. It's a journey to be an entrepreneur. So you're not the same person you were five years ago. So change the conversation you're having. And your audience is changing too. Yes. Your audience. Yes, We're all growing up. Yes. Some of us more intentionally than others, but yeah, our taste is evolving and our savvy is evolving and our learning curves. Hopefully we're progressing like we're on that roller coaster. So, you know, and and yeah, just back to the freaking fishing metaphor, like your boat's also just going to drift naturally and that's okay. Like, let it go. Fishing is not today's pop culture topic, everyone. But, you know, when a metaphor works, we stick to it around here. So why do you think we hold so tightly to our two-inch corner of the internet? Go ahead, Crystal. I was going to say, because some coach told us us to. And we're so scared 
It, we're we're so scared to be ourselves and to trust our own genius. I think that, you know, coaching is wonderful. Amy and I talk about it on our podcast, you know, we'll talk about it here. But I do think that this exact formula, you know, be a carbon copy of me is a huge problem because people are too scared to just be themselves and do it their own damn way. Mhm. And I mean, these co coaches out there really are teaching this idea that you should niche down so much and that you should be this one thing. I once heard um, a, a coach, I don't even remember who it was, but they said, you have to be a stump before you can be a tree. And I thought that's a terrible thing to say to people. Like, you don't have to be a stump. <laughs> okay. Okay. Also not our pop culture topic, but those... <laughs> people are what I refer to as the giving tree people. And <laughs> I hate, hate that book so hard because it's that same, like, be a stump. No, I don't want to be a stump. I did not quit my job and my 401k to be a fucking stump. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think about it in the sense of a stump is usually after you've cut the tree down. Right. And you know, you're doing stump removal because it's not ever going to grow into a new tree. You're just this weird thing that's taking up space in the yard that nobody wants to look at. No, I am a cactus. <laughs> I am misshapen and bumpy and awesome and sharp and kind of pretty like twice a year. Like I am a cactus <laughs> and I do not move. I am not a stump, right? But no, I think you're so right because this word should keeps coming up. And lately in, in the end of 2022 and 2023 now, I'm making my grand return to doing more one-on-one -on -one consulting. And what's really interesting, because I don't put myself out there as a marketing or a funnel expert at all, uh, what's really surprising is that people are coming to me almost for permission to market things their own way without shoulds, because always in the deconstruction of figuring out what they want, they'll bring up somebody's really fixed opinion and be like, well, I have to put it on you to me. I have to. I have to put it on you to me. I have. I have to do this. I have to. If it's not on Kindle, I'm going to die. If I don't have a 17 part email sequence to the number, I'm like, y'all let's shake off some of these shoulds and just do it your way because what I think people are scared to admit is that these do as I say examplings are not the easy button they're promised and that means that there is no easy button and that means that we're always experimenting no matter if we're following a formula or not so I feel like we're afraid to just admit that like, yeah, okay, doing it my way is scary. So it's doing it at all. And I think that all of these fear tactics out there, like I have to do it or this way or it's not going to work. It's if you don't do it my exact strategy, not going to work. I think those are fear tactics that just keep us in the fear of being ourselves. And honestly, if you let go of the fear of being yourself and you just be yourself, you'll attract people to you who you enjoy talking to and who you enjoy having in your business and in your life. And as long as we're trying to do somebody else's thing, we're going to attract their people and their people may suck. So basically what I'm hearing is that entrepreneurship is middle school. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. A hundred percent. 
It is like middle school. Let's go back to 1996. Yeah. <laughs> Worst year of my life, and I'm 38 years old. Yeah. But you know, like I, I'm hearing this and I'm laughing, but part of me is like, well, fuck, could someone go back in a time machine and tell mm-hmm. little 12 year old Annie Passanisi that if she just sits at her own table uh, and doesn't cry in the bathroom, everything would be like fine? Like, stick up for yourself, be yourself and people will like you. Like, I think that's such a sad but true example of like, I was so desperate to fit other people's molds in grade school. It's like so fucking sad. But I actually passed around a list at one point being like things I would change about Annie. Please fill in. Oh, oh, yeah. Sad trauma, trauma. But the but I say that to be con- to say, don't do that in your business. Yes. Like, feedback is important. Knowing your people, their avatar, what they need from you. Sure, that's important. But at the end of the day, if you're sending around the things I would change about any list, you're not you're you're disrespecting your brand mm-hmm. more than any possible R&D value you could get out of that exercise. Well, and you can't. So here's my thing about all of these cookie cutter, you know, be like me and you should do this and you should do that. We can only fake it for so long. Like if you're like me, a complete ADHD hot mess, and I'm supposed to be this polished, organized person the rest of my life, I'm going to fail. Like, give me three months, I might be able to keep it up. And then I'm going to crash and burn. And then I'm going to question myself and my genius and everything about me. And I'm going to be sad and depressed because I put myself in a box someone else created for me. And I think Uh, people just need permission to live outside the box. Like, unbox yourself and just be you because there's somebody else out there like you. That's the beauty of humanity is I promise you'll find your people. Uh, You know, I was told like five years ago by this clothing, I don't know, clothing consultant, image consultant, that you should never wear black. So I tried not to wear black, <laughs> which is my favorite color. I, mean, you're I was told, right yes, literally my so entire closet no, is no, black. Black today. Hey, yes. yeah. I'm wearing like a floral print. And my right. Glasses. These two roll in like Wednesday Adams times two. Right. Like, well, that's me. I am Wednesday Adams. And I was told I couldn't be a successful entrepreneur if I didn't embrace all this BS. And so when I said screw you and I wear chucks every day, I literally have about, mm, I'm not joking, 15 pairs of chucks. I wear one pair of them like every day. I rotate and I wear black every day. I am happy. I feel good. I feel confident. And you know what? It's part of my brand. People now know me as that. They send me pictures of Chucks. Like, do you have this pair? <laughs> I get the same thing with bow pumas. No, I didn't put the bows on myself. They come that way. And I have them in every color. And when we are in Tulsa together, you will see I wear big girl shoes for about 10 seconds. Yep. And then I put on my bow pumas and for the rest of the week, I will be in my bow pumas and people now will send me stuff being like, wait, do you have the blue pair with the leopard bow or do you just have the blue pair with the stripey bow? And I'm like, thank you for your concern about my feet. Yeah, I'm so (laughs) thankful. Right. But like you can make a brand out of anything. It doesn't have to be like everything for so long went rose gold and cursive. And I was like, can we get away? I like rose gold as a concept. I like cursive. As a concept. I wish it was still taught in schools. 
that being said, like, if everybody's brand is rose gold and cursive, why aren't we just wearing black? Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. So I love these people who are like, ah, oh, the, the branding just dropped. It's always cursive. There's always some cursive to it and like some other, it's two fonts. One, always cursive. Always. So why are we changing our branding every day? Right. Like, I don't get it. Wake up this morning and become a new brand. Be yourself. Show up the same way and quit with this like my new branding dropped. Like that's just ridiculous. I'm just yeah. going to put that out there too. Well, and <laughs> you are your brand, right? Yes. Like Amy Hartman is your brand and Crystal Tosh is your brand. And then together you have the joint entity of Crystal and Amy, which relies on the two of you showing up as Crystal and Amy. Yes, yes, exactly. Right? Like, it'd be a really funny day if one day y'all recorded an episode where Crystal pretended to be Amy and Amy pretended to be Crystal. Like, it would <laughs> it would probably work in a really beautiful way, but, like, in a bizarre way that should never be repeated. Like, that, that you know, could never, that could never work. <laughs> but I think, like, when we're, when we're changing our branding up, we're changing our clothes. We're not changing who we are. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. It's really hard to keep changing all the time. And it's also really hard to keep up with remembering the persona that's been created to attract mm. the audience that you've decided that you're supposed to be attracting because your coach told you to. It's really hard to keep up with and to remember. It's like trying to remember all the lies you've ever told. It gets really hard. Yes. yes. Oh, God. You're like, and my twin sister's name was. Yeah. Tap. <laughs> Tabitha, yes, Tabitha. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But no, it is, it is like keeping your lies straight because you got to look at, you're got to constantly be shape-shifting who am I showing up as and it's not natural to you. Whereas in selling, I tell people all the time, what roles are you naturally selling in? Are you a parent? Are you a tough sister? Are mm -hmm. you a former corporate boss who wants to burn it all down? Are you a truth teller? Like, what are these different roles that you play where you're selling now? But those are current roles that you currently play in your life because, you know, you birthed something or did something, right? Like, it's not putting on this new outfit it's not putting on this rose gold and cursive and being like i'm an elite coach now right or i'm gonna read this sales script that makes me sound like a robot or an asshole yeah or an asshole yeah or an asshole yes i'm gonna come into your dms and pitch you real quick <laughs> <laughs> okay let's talk about dms i think this is important because when you are showing up as you and you're going to make professional friends yeah. and I spend an obscene amount of time on LinkedIn messenger just yes you do you're a LinkedIn pro I need to learn I from am you. thank you <laughs> but like you and I today you were like hey we don't have a link you send that to me on Facebook messenger you sent mm -hmm. me a DM now granted we had had a prior conversation over there Mm -hmm. And I literally could work it like a cocktail bar on LinkedIn all day because <laughs> I just talk to my folks over there all day. And then I'm like, oh, wait, show me your post. Boop. And then it works. Right. But there's earned intimacy and then there's rushed intimacy and fake intimacy and like mm. all of these things. So if we're showing up as ourselves, mm -hmm. 
Give me some quick and dirty tips on on not DM spamming people, but allowing yourself to be accessible and present and open to conversation. How do we navigate that? I mean, every conversation since the beginning of all time has always started with a question. And the issue, I think, is that like we pick up the phone and we go, hey, how are you? Or, hey, it's now a good time to, to talk, right? These are our natural conversation type things. It's like always started that way. But because that's the box that we put ourselves in, people show up in DMs and they're like, hey, do you want to buy my thing? <laughs> instead of like, instead of like, hey, how are you? Like start a conversation. And I'm, I am the queen of if you DM me, I am going to follow this DM with you. So anybody who comes in and like spam DMs me, oh, we go, we go far. We go real far and we go deep. And then we go back and talk (laughs) about that on the podcast. And I share all the dirty details of everything they did wrong because I freaking love it. (laughs) Come at me with these things because it is the (laughs) most fun I can have in my life. But, but Meanwhile, um, I just leave them on red. Amy has, she's like the person that answers the, the telemarketing call and like, you know, screws with them, but she does oh, yeah. it in the DM. <laughs> Me, I just hang up, but Amy loves seen, it. Have y'all seen the TED talk where the guy responds to spam emails? No. So no. if he's like, I am a Nigerian prince and I need <laughs> your help. It's like, Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I have contacted Interpol. They are triangulating your location and your rescue mission is on the way. Like, <laughs> or people will be like, do you want to make a million dollars by next Tuesday? And they'll be like, specifically next Tuesday. Could it be Monday? I really need money now. Like, just like they go back and like just poke, 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 poke. Right. But I, I have yet to do that on LinkedIn, but damn, I want to because, all right, cold prospecting, DMs or otherwise, three marketers are going to break this down for you, aka don't do it. Um, yes. There we that, go. I, got, I went to Columbia <laughs> College, Chicago, which is an art school, uh, and I got a cold prospecting email and they doubled down on this three times. I got the same email three times that said the subject was go renegades. And I was like, the fuck? So I open it up and it's like, hey, we see that you are a proud graduate of Columbia College Chicago. That's true. I am. Go Renegades. I'm like, what's a Renegade? We have a sports team? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, in the 20 years since college, uh, Columbia has gotten like a Frisbee golf team and they're called like the <laughs> Columbia Renegades. And, and this whole email was like hardcore leaning on like if I had gone to Notre Dame and they're like, go Irish. Like, yeah. 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 And I'm like, sure. Okay. I get that that would work. But also, do you not realize that the degree right there says musical theater performance? <laughs> like, mm, what's a re- go renegade? What? Right. And then I got the same email again. Like, hey, check it in, renegade. And I'm like, stop you. And also, like, what do you do? Like, if there's the Trojans, do you write and be like, hey, Trojan, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? No, like, that is fake intimacy with where you Googled me mm-hmm. quickly. You looked at my profile instantly to figure out which of your cold emailing hooks to use. And it's like, and you didn't actually look at me at all. Right. Like I got another one the other day, a DM on LinkedIn where they literally took my weird LinkedIn bio with like the pointing emojis and were like, based on your work as a pointing emoji founder, non PC sales academy, pointing emoji, host, do legitimate to quit. I'm like, what? 
now we're just copying pasting this shit like come on so you know if you're showing up as you would you back to that idea would you you as an actual person send this message to another person Right. If you yes. would not do this, then why are you doing it? Like, look at it and say, would I, Annie, <laughs> want to make a friend with someone and go up to them and be like, hold on, let me Google their college team real quick. Like, no, you right. would not. If anything, Amen. that happens in the wild, right? So how, oh God, I could talk about this like all day. I feel like the question too isn't would you send someone a message like this, but would you walk up to them in person? Because all social media, all of this is it's all a big networking party, right? So think of it as like networking party. Would you walk up to someone and like say the thing that you're saying to me right now? You don't, and you don't Google people if you don't know them at a networking thing. You're not like, let me go over here and Google you real quick so that I can say something smart. You walk up and you ask them about themselves and you tell them about you and you act like a normal freaking human. Engage like a damn human already. Oh my God. I When we're together in Tulsa at Success Becomes Me, we really need to do that. Like we need to be like, oh, hi. Hold on. Let me Google you really quick. Like, yeah. Let me pull you up in the Hoover app and be like, uh, okay. Um, okay. You were, you're from Tallahassee. I saw a show about someone that got murdered there once. Uh, cool. Um, but also, or the other thing is like, I want to go up to someone so bad and take their like name badge lanyard thing in my hands and then be like, I see that you are the founder of... <laughs> Yes. Just, like, read it to their face. Mm -hmm. Like, or like if the thing says speaker, like, I see that you are a speaker at this event. Like, really? Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> or, or like this one happens to me all the time in my, you know, long DMs. They'll go, um, so I see that you're whatever. How are things going? Okay, we're mediocre start here. How are things going? And then I'll be like, great. Things are great. And they'll say, great. How much money did you make in your business this year? And what are your goals for the future? <laughs> Damn. Cool. Buy me dinner first, please. <laughs> God. Does a free joint come with that conversation? Shit. Like, wow. right. Did you send me a, a, a free drink like uh, through DoorDash? <laughs> Something. My God, like we we don't have to rush intimacy again. Would you do this in real life? Now, some people are creepers. Yeah. Some people really come on strong. I am one of those come on strong creepers. Like I don't send professional emails ever. I send the emails that Annie writes. So the emails that Annie writes are often shouty and super emotional. And the story I keep telling is um, on the Danielle Weil episode of this podcast, I just got this brand new AI tool for podcasters called CapShow, which I totally adore. But CapShow can't read tone. And so when I'm interviewing people, I'm like, oh, my God, you're so freaking brilliant. <laughs> right? Because that's how I am. And so CapShow picked it up for my show notes and was like, today on the episode, Danielle Weil, a beautiful and brilliant genius, is here to talk about email marketing. And I'm like, Almost, almost <laughs> like, oh, you almost got it. Right? Like, ooh. But at least it caught the fact that, like, Annie is very loving and effusive with compliments. Like, it didn't just send me, like, Danielle Weil, email marketing strategist. I'm like, can we meet in the middle? Like, right. can we, can we, 
can we come right. together and have a little bit of the flavor, but not, you know, the cheese it's with the extra cheese on top, which aren't really all that good. Like, you know. <laughs> no, no, they're mm-hmm. not. Good. Well, and I think that people just forget that just because you're online doesn't mean you have to show up like a robot. Like you can just be yourself online. Just like Amy said, you wouldn't go up to somebody in a room at your local networking event or meetup, or maybe you're just like at an event, just, you know, bump into somebody. You wouldn't act like a complete weirdo. You'd be like, oh my gosh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I'm Crystal and you're blah, blah, blah. And then you would just start talking to each other, but it wouldn't follow like some formula. That's what makes it weird. I'm telling you, I can't wait. We're going to, Brie, do not be listening to this episode. (laughs) Because now I'm like, I just want someone to ask me a question and then I just start dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like pointing. So oh, yes. Like, point. They're like, Annie, tell me about like what you think of your opinion on this thing. And I'll be like, okay. And I like spin in a circle and start pointing. Like, Well, also <laughs> when they send you their answer, could we like go, hold on, let me see what my script says I'm supposed to say next. Could oh, we? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like that's the next thing. And, and it never follows a conversational flow because you're because conversations, they, they can't be planned out ahead of time. You can't do both sides of the conversation. Right. Ridiculous. And also just back to your point about you don't send professional emails. What the hell is a professional email? Like yeah. email was intended to be a back and forth exchange between two human beings. Right. There's no such thing as a professional email. I if hope you're sending email professional emails, you well. stop that shit right now. Well, we had a client whose email for new people who signed up to the list literally said greetings. Like greetings, we're hello, we're from Earth. How are you, Earthlings? I mean, it was the weirdest freaking thing ever. And this is supposed to be like a cool, really cool like place. So we caught that and said, eh, that's a strange like way to introduce someone to your new list, to being on your list. Greetings, how are you? Greet I don't even remember. I just know it said greetings and it was like, could we just let that go? Can somebody send an email that says, I hope this email finds you crappy? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going to sell me something, you want me to be acutely aware of my problem. So, like, why are we hoping that the email finds them well? Well, I hope this email finds you stressed out and ready to spend money. Like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Uh, Greetings. Oh, it's good. So good. So good. Oh, greetings. Everybody, your homework this week is not to do this, but bonus homework. I want you to all start a conversation today with the word greetings. Greetings. Yeah, just walk up to somebody and say greetings. And they're going to be like, hello, where are you from? (laughs) Jupiter? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that should be it. Maybe we should all have to say our emails and social media (laughs) posts to other humans this week to be like, is this a natural thing that people do or say? (laughs) Oh, God. You know, and, and it's not that this stuff doesn't work. Like, I'm not throwing all content marketing under the bus, but if you're putting up a glossy front on top of a brand that you're trying so hard to grow, you're just adding a hurdle that you don't need. And 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 if you are the unicorn out there who actually says greetings, like if you are a fabulous little like Mr. Tumnus, amazing 
mythical being thing, then A, you belong on TikTok with all of the wizards and fairies over there that I adore. And B, then you got to be like, greetings. Yes, that's a thing I actually say. Like, if you're going to say it, then double down. Mm -hmm. For sure. And people would know that about you anyway, because you're already saying it to everybody. And that's the thing. That's about being yourself is just do what you naturally do. And don't try to make up special things. Like, don't try to come up with a, I have to have the perfect tagline and the perfect whatever. It'll come to you when it comes to you. No shit. My my bio on Facebook literally says I'm allergic to bullshit. And people Mm -hmm. tell me all the time, you're the same person online as you are in person. I'm like, you don't say. Yep. (laughs) I am myself. Yes. What you see is what you get. I don't try to be someone. Shape-shifting is exhausting. (laughs) It is. That's all the more reason why you're going to wind up with professional friends that you wind up having really dorky conversations with on LinkedIn Messenger because you're just out there. Like the me y'all know is the same me my husband knows, is the Mm -hmm. same me my parents know, is the same me my clients know. Yes, there's nuances. Right. Right. But like not that much. I'm pretty much a WYSIWYG Muppet. Like, this is it. I have two modes. I have on and I have off. And the people that are close to me know the off mode better than my clients do. But the on mode is the same for everybody. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really key is, is, okay, so how do we weather the slings and arrows of public opinion when you are showing up fully as yourself? Oh, I just think that you just can't give a shit because here's the thing. If you are actually being yourself and being a forward thinker and not trying to emulate everybody else, you're going to say some things that people don't agree with. And great. You've started a whole conversation and now you get to have a conversation with people and you get to be a forward thinker. You get to be someone who has their own ideas and you don't have to keep going back and double checking with other people to make sure you're okay. Right. I think thought leaders don't ask for permission. So if you want to be known in your field or whatever as a thought leader, then you actually have to double down and stand behind what you believe. And that's always going to come with friction. There's always going to be people who don't agree with you and you just have to be okay with it. I do think that, you know, for women, especially, I feel like we, we try to put ourselves in these boxes and I'm from the South, so I'm from Kentucky and women just are expected to sit in this box and wave and have a pretty smile. And you have to be willing to just be like, I'm going to burn this bitch down and I'm going to be myself. And whoever likes me, likes me. And whoever doesn't, they're just not for me. And that's fine. But good Southern women also know how to say, bless your heart. So bless all their hearts and let them go. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I'm from the fake South, AKA Missouri. (laughs) So we try to try on things like bless your heart. And instead we know we can't pull them off. So the Missouri version of that is we just make passive aggressive noises like, "Mm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, did she? She did. Oh, she did. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right, we it happens all the time. I'm like, wow, that's that noise is the bitchiest thing I do. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. like if I'm grumbling to myself, I have opinions that I am trying to keep in. But they yeah, just come out heart. as noises, right? Bless <laughs> your heart, and and that's true. We only throw shade on shiny shit, and oh, yes. 
and yes. the whole I mean it's women's history month right now like quiet women don't make history or whatever that shit is right but no it's definitely true I love the way you put it crystal is is thought leaders don't ask for permission thought leaders just do and then to Amy's point they got to back that up yeah Right. Like if you're going to stand on that hill, you don't have to die on it, but at least don't just stand there for a minute and move on. Like it's it seems antithetical to what we said at the beginning about content pillars, but it's not. That's your anchor. Like Mm -hmm. if that's you, some shit's not going to change. Right. How you say it, what tagline you put on it, what cursive font you choose may change or evolve. But at the end of the day, your brand shouldn't be changing due to the fact that you're a wildly changing person. We're Mm -hmm. all evolving. But this goes back to the very beginning. Know yourself. If you're showing up disingenuously or inconsistently in terms of your public persona, then that means that you've crafted a persona instead of you. Yes. Yes. Amen. And why are we asking permission of other people like they're more important than us? Like I have to go get someone else's permission to show up as myself. What made them more important than me in this world? Like everybody is equally important and Mm -hmm. you are allowed to take up space and you're allowed to have thoughts and opinions and nobody else's thoughts or opinions are better than yours or more valuable than yours. So just say it. Mm -hmm. Say the damn thing. Um, I think that we just, we get so boxed in because we think that these people that we put on pedestals know more than us. And, you know, again, I've found, I've been an entrepreneur for a hot minute, um, like seven or eight years. And I have found that the people that I used to just like, oh my God, fangirl over and think that they had it all together, they are human. And when I got close in close proximity to those people, I realized they're not the same people that they portray online. They have crafted a persona and they aren't who they say they are. And they have to keep it up because they are not confident enough to just really be themselves. And I think that that comes back to almost like bait and switch. Like, and then yeah. you're, you, you've crafted yourself in a way of like, oh, I have to be this person because this person's like that. And then you only find out that they're fake. And you're like, well, shit, maybe I should have just been myself all along. Well, and then you climb to the top of the pedestal that people put you on and realize you don't want to be there. Amen. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. I, we all Mm -hmm. as people in this industry, we keep receipts. We know who the hidden unhappy folks are, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's a lot of them. And it's scary when you're just starting out because you're looking for positive modeling and you start to see that maybe some of this is veneer. And you're like, wait, can anyone do this and be happy? Yes, the people that can do this and be happy are the people that are honest and loyal to themselves and Mm -hmm. don't just, you know, start a giant conference because people told them to. Right. Yes. Yes. Or start or sell a course because someone told them to. I mean, or create a mastermind because it's the trendy fucking thing right now. Like whatever it is, like. I mean, Amy and I can speak to this a little bit. We thought we wanted to do something. And for six months, we've tried forcing it. And we wanted to be, you know, for everyone and create this space. And I'm not saying it was a bad idea, but the writing was on the wall. No one respected it. And it was a time suck and energy suck for us. So we had to make the decision to say, well, we tried and no more. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
yeah, we didn't respect it ourselves because it wasn't where we wanted to be. And it's not really serving who we are meant to serve because it wasn't aligned to who we are as Mm -hmm. human beings. And so again, it goes back to making sure that you're doing what you, what aligns to who you are too, and what you most love to do and how your brain works and who you want to be working with and what you want to do every dang day. So how do you, around these parts, I'm a big fan of uh, Gay Hendricks, the big leap and the idea Mm -hmm. of the zone of excellence versus the zone of genius. So my question to the two of you is, You both have mastered, although it takes time to like ebb and flow and blah, blah, and all the shit we've talked about, but like (laughs) you both understand who you are and your individual zones of genius. So when you find something like that old project that might be in your zone of excellence, you're good at it, but it's not aligned. My question for the two of you is as a duo, Mm -hmm. how do you peanut butter and jelly your individual zones of genius to create something new how do you two as a team honor yourselves and each other's zones of genius in collaboration we are so unique and in ways that complement each other so well and so it it actually works really well because Crystal is the person who is out there talking to everyone. She has never met a single stranger in her whole entire life. And that's where she shines. That's what she loves to do. And I am like a really big nerd. I love to be in the background of things. I love to put together everything. Our business is so well organized. I love to manage our team. I love to do all of those pieces. So we will have an idea together and she'll get out there and start telling everybody so that we can start getting that social proof. And I will go straight into, let me create this. Let's get it all together. Let's figure out the nitty gritty of it. And so working together, that has been the most beautiful part of our partnership is that we complement each other so well. That's awesome. And you know your own lanes, right? Like, I think in collaboration, that's so easy is back to the freaking grade school. My God. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's got the group project memory where you did all the work. And everyone's Mm -hmm. got the group project memory where maybe you didn't do your full share. And so we all carry that with us of like, okay, when I'm collaborating, I have to bring the most to the table. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, you just have to bring your best and then honor the commitments you make. Right? Like, know your lane. Know your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Know your energetic share of it. Make sure that's been clearly communicated. Mm-hmm. Right? But and like, I think, oof. I think uh, Amy and I did a podcast a little bit about, um, you know, partnerships because sometimes they get a really bad name. I mean, I've been told by coaches in the past, don't ever partner with anyone. But the truth is most of us end up hiring someone to help us uh, as our businesses grow in some way because we are not good at everything. If you are good at everything, you are actually not great at anything. (laughs) So, um, and I think that I know for me, I have suffered from this and Amy can jump in here and probably say, yes, I'll sometimes send text message to her and say, oh my God, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I need to be helping you with this techie stuff in the back end. But honestly, if I got in there, I would screw it up more. Like I I am so not that person because for whatever reason, my creative genius is 
is not linear. I can't think of the steps. Like if I am doing it, you know, having a conversation with someone and quote selling, because actually selling is what I've done my whole life, but I never really knew that it was selling (laughs) Um, because it just feels so easy to me because I'm just sharing a love for something that I know can change them. And it just seems like a conversation to me and they just say yes and we move on. But the steps of like, okay, now they need to do this and fill out this form and go here and have this. My brain just doesn't execute those steps properly. So it it is also being nice to yourself and being like, that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm not bringing something to the table because I am. Everything to the table. But then our meetings together. So our weekly meetings where we come together and evaluate what's going well, what we need to do differently, ideas come up during those. They're so much fun because in that way, our brains work a lot alike. Like Mm -hmm. the the ideas that spark, the way that we think through marketing, the way that we analyze human behavior and people and the people on our team and everything we talk about, like those are the most fun meetings I've ever had in my life because of what's happening in them. And it's just this back and forth within that zone of genius. And then we also have our own unique zones where we go into after those meetings are over we it's like we don't even talk about the marching orders like we we don't that's our thing I do my thing it all works out and it's beautiful it's gorgeous (laughs) it's gorgeous like it's just uh it's just mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. that's the the mm -hmm is the positive version of that mm. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, the tone mm. is just a little, yeah, just a little different. Oh, I love that though. Because, all right, we can all get lost in partnership. Yes, I understand the motive and the inspiration behind you getting shut on on that. I have definitely had some partnerships that were not advantageous, but I think also. Agreed. To your example, Crystal, like, what are we calling a partnership? Every partnership doesn't have to be starting a business or starting a podcast with someone. Hiring someone is partnering. When you two work with a client, you're partnering. When I teach someone how to sell, I'm partnering. Like, Mm -hmm. we can't just be like, don't partner with anyone. Okay, what are you supposed to do as an (laughs) entrepreneur? Like, the next time someone comes and says, like, hey, do you want to be on a summit? You're like, ah, back. Get away from me. Like, <laughs> what? How, I, how do you do this without your people? Like, I don't, I understand the risk, but when you're looking at how you two are talking about showing up responsibly and balanced and knowing yourself and knowing your roles and understanding how to support each other and that sometimes one of you is going to have to do 51% and then the other one's going to have to do 51%. Like, you know, understanding all of that we got to open ourselves up to connection or we'll die. Yeah, I think, you know, that comes back to the human piece. I think something that Amy and I do beautifully is we are both like ADHD and we have all the ideas and literally we think about monetizing something constantly. We can't either, neither one of us can have a hobby. But what's beautiful (laughs) is... is like, I can tell when she's having a week, right? Like whenever it's not her week. And so then I try to, I do try to step up a little more and try to do some other things. Like maybe I'll send out the emails or, you know, try to like make contact with these people and do some more of the tedious tasks tasks that maybe I don't do. And then she knows, and this is again, knowing each other and this kind of vibe. I know vibe is like a trendy word, but we can feel each other's energy. 
and she knows yes. when I'm having a shift and we're women. And so depending on the, you know, the month, like there's different things going on, or maybe there's life things that come up. And what has been so beautiful, I think personally about this, and it goes back to also partnering with just like someone you hire, you know, you need to have that really good fit. Forget about their qualifications. Do you vibe together? That yeah. matters. You can teach all the things, right? I can teach you to do tasks, but do we mesh together? Because that is what's going to get you farther is being able to kind of read and intuitively know this is not her week, like, or this is not her day. And I'm just going to give her permission to go do what she needs to do and know that the business is going to keep going. Yeah. And Crystal and I met in a coaching program that was, it was going horribly wrong, but anyway, off the, the rails, but it was, the coaching program was going off the rails, but she and I met there. And within a month, we had started our podcast. And like a few weeks after that, we went and like stayed in an Airbnb together to like plan our, our business together. I mean, that was the perfect opportunity to like be in a house with a murderer. Like we, didn't right. we never <laughs> met in person. <laughs> transition to today's pop culture topic. Right. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So you didn't get murdered though. You went to an Airbnb and neither, congratulations to both of you on successfully not murdering the other one or being murdered. So y'all, what collaboration, showing up, being yourself, intuition, dropping the shoulds, toxic coaching, any of that. What, what does that have to do with true crime? I mean, other than like, if you trust your gut, trust your gut, and also if you do partner with someone, like maybe meet them in a public place before you sleep next to them. But you know, up to you. I mean, it worked out well for us, but it was it was like the intuition of knowing, you know. And I think that's true. Like, if you if you should feel into your intuition, if something doesn't feel quite right, don't go forward with it. And that's the beauty of like. If you watch true crime, then that's what you should take out of that is like, know your intuition because yeah. trust it because you know what I've done, I've had other partnerships. I think Amy's done this too. Um, and they didn't work out. So I could have stood in that like a stump and said, oh, God, no, God. you know, no, Amy, even though you're freaking amazing and everything in my bones tells me we could kill it together. I'm going to stand on this hill and die that partnerships will never work because I have a past experience that went bad. Maybe right. a past couple of experiences. But instead, I was like, I know that this is the person I've needed to find my whole life. Like there she is. She's right in front of me. I can either choose to go or I can stand here on my stump. So yeah, and be and and then there's times when you have to be willing to take the risk and know that not everything is a true crime. Not everybody's out to kill you. Right. Not everybody's out to kill you. We're not. But also, you know, what I love about true crime is that it actually does have an exact strategy. Like if you want to be on true crime, like if you want to end up on a true crime show, (laughs) there's like two things that you can do. There's Mm -hmm. there's exactly a strategy. You can never meet a stranger. So like Crystal, she's great for true crime. I am. I'm right there. And if you light up a room. You're done. Like. If I never want to light up a room. Never. Like, don't let, don't give Keith Morrison any reason to say you're the life of the party. You light up a room or you have an infectious laugh. If you say that, you're fucked. You're exactly. Fucked. So this is a place where an exact strategy does work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? In true crime. If you would like to get murdered, then you may have an exact strategy. 
to light up rooms and never meet strangers. But you know what's so interesting about all of that too is like I I absorb a phenomenal amount of true crime and yeah. a lot of them are one detective centric but it's never just that detective and to your point right like even on the the fictionalized ones like there's a Rizzoli and there's an Isles mm-hmm. right yes. like detectives have partners or captains have teams and so like one of my favorite shows uh, cold justice with Kelly Siegler. Like she doesn't just go in there on her own and be like, I am Kelly. She will literally go to like the detectives in that area and be like, I need you to tie me up so I could see how I would have to struggle to get out of this. And they're like, okay, Kelly, let's just do it. Right. But then she's got her forensics people and she's got her big picture people and she's got her scientists and she's got the people that are really awesome at talking to the family. Like she's got support for her zone of genius, it's not just her, even though one way to be on a true crime show is be a detective that is a no-nonsense weirdo compared to other detectives. Yeah, but you're still going to bring people yes. with you. Right. But that no-nonsense weirdo is being themselves to be mm-hmm. able to go out and do what they do best. And they never let go, right? They ne- That person never lets go. Like, this is their thing that they're going to do and they're going to solve this problem. Yep. And they do it just by being themselves and deciding that they're digging in. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great point because especially on the cold case shows, um, like cold case files and and mm-hmm. cold justice and these things, like it requires out and out lunatic levels of tenacity to yeah. show up and try to solve the same murder every day for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and the way that they do it, anytime you see someone who's showing up in that tenacity and the family's like crying because they love them, and they're like, he never gave up on us. Like, uh, right. But the thing on that is that they feel a strong sense of duty mm-hmm. to see something through. And yet they have to be flexible. If like, how many times have we seen a show where they get really pigeonholed, interested on one suspect and they follow that one suspect for like 10 years. And then it turns out it was like a, like a freaking hitchhiker came through and they were like, yeah. uh Oh, we could have solved this 10 years ago if we hadn't been so rigid. And it's like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you could have. Right. So like, we got to trust our instinct, but we also have to let ourselves grow and adapt but also I think entrepreneurship we could learn a lot from that sense of duty like I promised myself I would do this Mm -hmm. and I got a YouTube hater and I'm still gonna do it that DNA came back uh, inconclusive (laughs) go find some more like right keep going I think resiliency and tenacity are the two most underrated things that entrepreneurs you know talk about or I think that doesn't get a lot of light because it doesn't sound sexy, you know, yeah. talking about being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur for, you know, income and freedom and time and like, uh, you know, like whatever it is, like your travel life. But uh, let's be honest, you have to be really resilient because it's an up and down. Like one week you're on top of the world and everything's falling into place and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And the next week shit's on fire. So. Yeah. And yeah. you have to figure out if it's arson or... Right. Yeah, a faulty wire, wire. or right. if someone yep. fell asleep smoking. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 
You have to investigate. For, what's for this, all what's of the, the above. <laughs> or, okay, but like that's a freaking phenomenal. The curiosity and the investigation of all these armchair detectives that we all are when we watch true crime. Right. right. We're all trying to catch the detail that we're like, I knew it was going to be that weird red string. Like, right. why are we not getting that boldly investigative about our own experiments and processes? Why are we not applying that same I'm going to figure this out tooth and nail energy to things like how do I have a launch that works? Well, get really fucking obsessed with it right yeah. apply that true crime energy put your weird string board up with your post-its mm -hmm. and get it done like get weirdly obsessed with what you're doing that's how cases get solved and that's how money gets made i guess and it's do it true. more than once do it yeah i was gonna say do it there more than go. once so the the post-it notes on the wall reminded me of the airbnb that amy and i spent the weekend and because that whole airbnb we moved furniture to make a wall of post-its and oh then we God. were like and then we looked at it on the last day and we're like fuck this one we just like took it all down we had all this shit it was all planned out and we were like we just sat there on the couch and looked at it and we both looked at each other and we're like we no. turned the couch around yeah like we literally <laughs> picked it up and turned it around so we could look at Face the wall <laughs> And then we went and we had these big, like, pa you know, paper things with post-its all over them where we would, like, drew out our whole business. And then we were like, yeah, no. no. <laughs> if one of you had murdered the other one, that would be the first thing. Like, the Airbnb host, like, the, the owner would be like... Yeah. The couch is backwards. Be like, why? <laughs> why? Why is the couch backwards? Why has the couch been moved? And yet we again don't apply that to like that LinkedIn post went viral. Why? Right. Why? Right? Like that mm -hmm. client adored me more than any other client I've ever had. Why? What did I do right? Right? Mm -hmm. Like not everything. We want to focus on <laughs> I think everybody wants to focus on what doesn't work. So what went yeah. wrong? Okay, asshole, what went right? Actually, yeah. there was something that worked in some way. Like just for five seconds, look at it and flip the script and look at it like what worked? You know, why did this person really love me? But what what most people think of is why did the seven people hate me? No, why did the one person just, why is she shouting your name from the rooftops? Go figure that out and recreate that. And treat Not the her other way. magnificently. Right. Treat her like she lights up a room. Yes. yes, right. But don't murder her, please. But, but, don't murder okay, her. no murder. No, nobody murder anybody this week, okay? Right. Keep your knives That's and your advice. guns and your hands to yourself and focus on your business. Nobody kill anybody this week yeah. or ever. Come on. Right. But, you know, it's... I and, and conclusion. No, I just think that, like one of the other things we can learn from true crime is that the company you keep is incredibly important. Oh, and man. like similar to lit up a room, like the <laughs> the negative of that is like, well, she fell into the bad crowd right. or the wrong crowd. Like, and mm -hmm. I think the wrong crowd also exists in entrepreneurship, big yeah. time. It's called a cult. There are some cults and there are also some people that uh, aren't going to have your back when shit hits the fan. And then there are also going to be people that totally do. Right. So like, how do we find the right crowd so that if we do get business murdered, someone will call Kelly Siegler and eventually they'll solve that shit. Right. Somebody's got your back.
Uh, I think that <clears throat> this is a good question. I think, again, it goes back <laughs> to trusting your gut and being willing to really just honor it. Because I know that Amy and I were, both were in this coaching program and we both bailed. Like we had to make a decision. We're either going to keep going with this uh, or we're going to jump ship. And there were lots of people that were like questioning whether or not we were making the right decision. And I just trusted my gut and she trusted hers. And, you know, I'm happy to be outside of that. And I don't know, in that situation, it could have kind of made her make or break you kind of people that were in there. But you just I was like, I don't want to be associated with this. So I'm out. Well, and you leaned on each other. Yes. You bailed together and it made you stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So sometimes if you're in a crowd and the crowd isn't working for you, maybe you're not the only person who's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not the only person with needs. Maybe you're not the only person who's fed up. I mean, you can commiserate yes. or you can change shit or whatever it can be. But I, I'm sure that your relationship was, I wasn't even there, but I'm sure, you know, part of what really galvanized the two of you was jumping out of that ship together. That's actually how everything started was a phone call. Uh, uh, Crystal was driving back from having spoken at Lima um, at social uh, media week Lima. And she called me on her drive and we started talking about what was going on. And then out of that, we sort of joked like we should make a podcast about this. (laughs) And you did. did. And then we did, and that's where it went from. But definitely, that's what solidified, or that's what kind of bonded us. Was like, you know, we went through this traumatic experience together, and in a yeah. way, past the bullshit, the the <laughs> podcast that came from this is the true crime of the personal development and online business space. Oh yes. my god, it is. You're right. It, it is, is. I mean, totally. Yeah, because y'all are exposing some dirty, yes. dirty. I mean, maybe it's like. Maybe it's not true crime, like snapped murder, murder, but maybe it's more of like an American greed mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. For sure. We're like yeah. a long running docu documentary about yes. the placings of America. Yes, like, all, like 87 shows about the Murdoch's. Like, yeah. yeah, pretty much. There you go. That's People will be like, what's your podcast? And we'll be like, it's a true crime show mm-hmm. about the murders of online business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, I got a question for each of you, and then I want to make sure that they know how to reach you because I could keep you here all day, but you have shit to do. Um, All right, so I'm going to go to Amy and then to Crystal. Amy uh, and Crystal, same question, but, you know, Amy first. Uh, Alphabetical. Uh, Amy, what, let's say that you do want to lean into your dark, dark, dark impulses okay and you're like off the rails and this has become an episode of snapped killer couples and crystal is down okay like y'all are like we're gonna do some shit um what violent murder are you going to commit of an aspect of online marketing or entrepreneurship amy if you could kill something from our industry violently what would you kill God, I can only pick one thing to kill. <laughs> I know my mind's racing. I'm like, wait a minute. Which one I, kill? I honestly, I at this point, I would probably kill the the content pillars, like this idea that you have to be stuck. I think it keeps people so stuck. So just going back to that, I would, I would love to murder that concept and never have to hear that again. Mm-hmm. 
That's a confession. Y'all heard it here first. Heard it here first. Content pillars go missing. That goes out of trend. It'll be like, oh, has anyone seen Amy? (laughs) What's happening? She did it. Crystal. Ah, God. Um, I was going to pretty much say the same thing because we share the same brain. Um, So I'll try to think of something else here. But uh, (laughs) I I wish the exact strategy would die. Like, I wish people would just be honest that, like, I hit the lottery once and this worked for me, but it doesn't mean it'll work for you. But I'm here to help you figure out your, uh, quote, exact strategy to win the lottery. Because honestly, so many people in the online marketing space, I feel like, did hit the lottery once. They like literally everything aligned. A lot of it was luck and it worked for them. And then they get this idea that they're going to go teach everybody how to do it because that's another thing to monetize, right? And you can't teach someone how you hit the lottery. So when you're hiring someone in marketing, sales, coaching, hire someone who's actually done it more than once. Like, you know, Amy and I both have different businesses besides a marketing agency. I'll just, Amy, I'm going to tell everybody you own a real estate brokerage too. I've done other businesses um, and run a nonprofit. So what I realized quickly in the online space is, some of these people aren't actually business people. Like They really don't know what they're doing and they're telling their exact strategy just to make money. So, you know, I wish that would die. I wish the, the follow my exact strategy to winning the lottery would die. So my cautionary tale is really dig in and get to know people. Like how many businesses have they run? How long have they been doing this? Are they a one hit wonder like vanilla ice or are they something else? How many wives do they have? Right. <laughs> is that even their real name? name. Yeah. Are they lip syncing? Yes. You know, Do most they of use them words are... like greetings? I mean, <laughs> oh my God. This has been so morbid and dark and bitchy and wonderful <laughs> and good for my soul in every possible way. I hope, listeners, that this feels so potent and cathartic but also permissive, right? Like we're telling you, you don't need anyone's permission, but here the three of us tell you, you have permission not to need anyone's permission. If you're still hanging on there, right? right. let us do that final act of liberation and kick you out the nest. Like you are a survivor. You are a scrapper. Show us. Mm-hmm. Get out there and show us what you're made of, right? The survivors of true crime shows, you will never meet more incredible people of your lives. And that's what they did. They're like, I saw an opportunity and I took it. Yep. He left the door open once and I bolted like, good for you. Get scrappy with it. So if our listeners uh, know that they need to get scrappy and they know that they need to partner with marketers who are not just going to should all over them, what's the best way for them to start a conversation with one or both of you? So on our website, it is so true digital.com. So, um, the way you can remember it is that we really want to resonate. We really want your marketing to resonate with other people and make them say, oh my God, so true. So it's so true digital.com. You can find contact info or you can just DM us. I mean, yeah. we're normal human beings. Just send us a DM. We get DMs all day. I was going to say, add us on the socials, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Amy's a big Instagram and I'm old school and love my Facebook. Um, so if you want to DM me over there, please. Oh, we got the uh, trifecta. Yeah. We got Amy on one, we got Crystal on one, and we got me over on LinkedIn. Okay, yeah. y'all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
Oh, that's good stuff. But don't send any of us a cold email or I'm going to have Amy mess with you. Like, oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) If you actually don't send me an email because you'll probably never actually talk to me. You need to send me a DM. (laughs) My email is uh, basically the buyer where everybody dumps their bodies because like, yeah. You might find me there, but you probably <laughs> won't because your email probably got ate by an alligator. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Well, thank you both for lighting up the room of my podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> I promise that I will only use approved photos and not the ones that they find on true crime shows where you're like, who gave them this? Yes. I promise I will only use approved photos And uh, although you did light up this podcast, I have no will or intention to harm a single hair on either of your beautiful heads. So should anything befall Crystal or Amy audience, we know it wasn't me. Uh, Thank you so, so much, both of you, for being on this wild and wonderful show with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for this week, which I promise is not just don't kill anyone this week. Like, we're going to get to work. So come on back in just a second. Well, hey there. Okay, I admit, I watched way too many episodes of Cold Justice as, air quotes, research for this episode. Largely, I just get so enamored of Detective Kelly and the way that she dives in with her whole being towards solving these cases. And it's really just the Olympics of tenacity and resilience watching these detectives. And it's not just on cold justice. You'll really see this on any cold case show. It's the dogged determination that provides justice and peace and clarity for the family at the end and nothing else. But I was watching Kelly Siegler specifically, because as I just said, I freaking love her. And in one episode, she stops and just says, you know, cold cases are never that easy. It seemed like she was celebrating a possible win. But what I took from it is that there are people in this world every single day who show up knowing full well that their job is going to be so extremely tense or frustrating or scary or dirty or painful or depressing, and yet they show up anyway because they feel called to it, because they know that someone needs them to do it, because they know that the world will be better for it. And ain't that a lot like self-employment and entrepreneurship? cold cases are never that easy. So why then are so many of us struggling through our way of small business, expecting that it was supposed to be easy? On one hand, no one at the police academy is running around going, hey, you want to solve murders faster, easier, and with no effort, maybe from a beach? Why don't you go buy my non-99 module program for $29.99 or, you know, your firstborn child, right? That That is a little bit more unique to our lane and our industry. But there is still this idea of never working a day in your life when you do something you love. That excludes when the job is brutal, painful, or essential, which sometimes it can be. 
Now, it's not at all like solving murders, but full disclosure, this week has been pretty crappy and intense for me. It has definitely not been the kind of week that brought me into self-employment in the first place. But let me tell you what got me through it. A perfect, perfect way to put a bow on this weird week. My partnerships. Specifically, my partner with my number one BFF, Krista Grasso, who was also on this project with me. We got to lean on each other, to commiserate, yes, but also to strategize, to check up on each other, to get out of our own heads, and to hold each other accountable in a peaceful, supportive way to finishing something that was bringing both of us down. I leaned on her, and she leaned on me, and that's exactly how we got through it. Kelly Siegler never solves a crime on her own. It takes a literal army of scientists, other detectives, technologists, cell phone companies, psych, everything, you name it. I can't run this business on my own either. Although I don't have an official partner in my business the way Crystal and Amy do, I have many, many people who lift me up and will walk this path with me. This week, your homework is to get vulnerable and ask one of your partners to talk through something with you. Something that's got maybe more emotion tied to it than you normally dive into. Something that's been sitting on your head or your heart like a boulder that just needs to get out of the way. Stop pushing it out all on your own. There are people who want to help you. You just have to be willing to be vulnerable tenacious, and open enough to get that problem solved. Go out there, have the hard conversations with someone you love, and then don't forget to turn the tables and ask how they can lean on you. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning, I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests, make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn, and we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out, as always, to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My theme composer, Riley Horbacio. And my show art creator, Francois Vigno. See you next time. <laughs>